Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mixed Tag. It's your man, Jared Watson, here. I'm alongside the wrestling encyclopedia himself, Keith White. And Keith, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because you're great every week. We have a special co-host on our show today by the name of Radio Josie. Radio Josie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? How are you doing? And and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I am doing great today. Thank you very much. And about myself, uh, I have known Keith since Radio 101, freshman year of college. So, Keith, that's 21 years now. I know. (laughs) We can drink together. Yes, we're legal finally. (laughs) We're finally legal. And uh, so we go way back, and I've had a, geez, I think 23 or 24-year career in radio now, and I'm just happy to be here hanging out with you guys today, talking some wrestling. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely excited to have you here on this show, and and tell us a little bit about your background with wrestling before we get started here on Mixtag. It started a long, long time ago in a land far, far away when things like WWF Uh, was a thing I was like a Hulkamaniac kid basically when the Saturday morning cartoons were over and the wrestling came on I was still watching and then after those ended I would like run upstairs to my dad and we would do what he called studio wrestling and my mom would be terrified that you know my dad was throwing like a four-year-old around but like I would come upstairs and they'd be like folding laundry or something and my dad would like you know body slam me into a pile of towels and that's just what we did and I loved it a lot when I was really young and got back into it in high school back when Smackdown was like Friday nights I think something like that there was like a little period where I wasn't a tomboy as much And so I was like, oh, no, not wrestling. But then, like, high school hit, and it was like all the boys were talking about wrestling. I was like, yeah, me too. And I got back into it. Yeah, so from there, it was just, uh, you know, watching it casually sometimes, really getting into it others. It kind of depends on the characters and the storylines, how deep into it I get, or if I get involved with it at a work capacity, then, then I really get more into it. So... I ended up in a situation where one of my really good friends was working for ROH at the time, and I was working for a radio station, and at the same time, WWE was coming into us, and and I knew people at MCW, and so I had just gone through this huge period where I was like inundated all the time, and now with COVID and layoffs and everything that's going on that's sort of crazy, I've reduced back a little bit more to a casual fan, but not as much by choice. But I mean, as, as recently as December, I was rubbing elbows with the Scottish psychopath and, you know, Alistair Black and stuff like that kind of thing, just chilling. So Totally, because I just interviewed him and just wished him luck and then had just seen him out for the house show that he did in Baltimore. And so I felt like it was just like because we met and like because I told him that he was awesome to his face, that that that's how he got the championship. Totally. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I did that. I'm like number one super fan. You were his good luck charm. Absolutely. Yeah, because it was like his family actually is originally from like right around where my family's from in Scotland. And 
my mom is still in contact with like second cousins over there. So it was like recent enough. So I was just like, yeah, I took total credit for it. It's like, yeah, we're probably distantly related. Like, yeah, this is like, that's fam. That's cool. I'll just take credit for wherever I can. You can attest to this. I would just claim what I can. You were excited when he, uh, when he won WrestleMania. I remember you were really excited. Uh, now that we know that, Let's get into the show, guys. Are you ready for a jam-packed show or what? Keith, Josie, I think it's time for what we call on Mixed Tag our opening contest. So, first topic of the day is this. WWE has canceled its TV tapings after a developmental wrestler has tested positive for COVID-19. The wrestler was reportedly at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando last Tuesday. And because of this, WWE will test all talent and all on-site employees for the virus. Now, this is the company's second case of corona. And after an on-screen talent tested positive back in April. So, Keith, the first question is going to go to you, man. How is this going to affect the way shows are being run going forward for WWE? Well, you already you know how I feel about this. I've felt this whole time it was irresponsible. I understand why pro wrestlers they want to wrestle, but I've always felt like uh, they dropped the ball on giving them the chance to recover and just use this time to um, you know have a, a period where they can promote the WWE network. Um, you know, you would see on on FS1. Uh, they'd show the the greatest matches. You know they've they've taken a lot of the WWE Network stuff and put it on the secondary cable channel that they have for Fox. Um, so I, this doesn't surprise me. I thought this was a long time coming. I was actually surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Um, but I could see them having a lot more safety precautions. And Vince McMahon is known to change things on the fly. I think he's going to have no choice but to do that now with certain shows if they keep going. You know, you might you might get a guy who shows up with a fever and they're scrapped from the show and they have to change everything on the fly, which they've done and they know how to do. But I think it's really going to mess things up in terms of predictability. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, Josie, uh, they've been putting developmental wrestlers, superstars in the crowd uh, lately as the audience, right, with the plexiglass and everything. And that's not just for WWE, that's for AEW and other companies as well. So how do you think that's going to affect, you know, the way the audience rolls? Are they going to be wearing masks? Are they even going to be there at all? Tell me what you think. I think AEW had them out first and then WWE brought them out. And I think they might just put them back away. WWE, I think when it first started would have like six, four or six people in the room with the big screen TV. I, I think they could go to that. I mean, if they wanted to make it fun, I think they could do the big hamster bubbles and have people out in the big hamster bubbles. I think that would make it more fun. But I think the reality is that on TV, if you think about lighting and spacing and everything to have people six feet apart, it doesn't fit in a shot. If you think about the masks, I think they're fine on camera. And I think you could even play up with how that goes with your different costumes. But I think in reality, they'll probably scrap them from being there for a little while again, and maybe ease them back in again with like the big screen TV and then try to bring them back again. But I did miss having somebody there rooting them on and cheering them on and some other way to do that. I don't know of another way to do that without having them there other than this kind of format. Like they've been doing even in, cause I do, I watch a lot of Bravo. The drama is not just WWE for me. 
but in in like the watch what happens live or in the reunion shows they're just putting people in chat squares and you know you could still have people cheering them on from somewhere else in chat squares i guess but there's got to be creative way to get some interaction and some feedback without it because without it, it it's like watching somebody else play a video game yeah yeah i think you're right Josie. and you know keith said this earlier but he was talking about it way before this even happened how you know this was not a good idea uh from the start to keep these tapings going during this but when aew started implementing the crowd they were putting their regulars out there in the crowd mjf and billy gunn and all these big time superstars wwe is using their develop developmental and nxt superstars in the ring so it's kind of interesting how it came from one of those developmental stars because they are in the crowd they're a part of the crowd they're not fighting at the moment uh, so that was kind of interesting i thought i'd point that out before we move on to the next subject which is the greatest wrestling match of all time, according to WWE. Now, this match was, of course, contested between Randy Orton and WWE Hall of Famer Edge in this past pay-per-view backlash, and it lasted about 45 minutes, guys. The match featured amazing back-and-forth action between the two stars, including signature moves from WWE legends such as Randy Orton hitting Triple H's pedigree and Edge using Christian's kill switch finisher. Now, the match concluded with the return of one of the most impactful finishers of all time, Randy Orton's pump kick. Now, Edge ended up tearing his tricep during this match and had successful surgery, so he's going to be out for a little bit. But the question is, Keith, we got to ask you, man, was this the greatest wrestling match of all time? No, but it was incredible. I mean, like, for those two guys to put on the clinic that they put on, it was fantastic. It exceeded my expectations, um, but I'm not going to declare this the greatest match of all time. Uh, I think that's disrespectful to the actual greatest matches of all time. Uh, what I think that they did with this by calling it the greatest wrestling match ever and then having the elements of different people's finishers, and th- it was almost like a, uh, like a pay homage, you know, like uh, a tribute to the greatest wrestling matches of all time. That's the way I kind of went with it. But I was really shocked with Edge. I thought he was going to have ring rust, and it was like he never left. Really impressed. Yeah, definitely impressed with both superstars' performance, but Edge getting back in there, wrestling for 45 minutes straight. Really, that's incredible. Now, Josie, one of WWE's most famous critiquers, Uh, Former superstar CM Punk said this about the match. He said he felt like the title of the match brought a lot of unnecessary pressure. And he says he's seen better matches from each of the men uh, being Randy Orton and Edge. So do you think he's right in that assessment? And in your opinion, what are some of the matches that we can put in the greatest category? Can we put in maybe Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels? Go ahead with that. First of all, Punk is always right. That is a fact. And I do think that, yeah, the title of the match, the fact that they used other people's finishers, I mean, was the match a great match? Absolutely. That match was a great match on so many levels. Edge being back anytime Orton is in the ring, because, I mean, he's just so good at what he does. He's just, he's incredible. I mean, he is, it was a very nice match to watch. On many levels, like I said. So, but was it the greatest match ever? No. I'm thinking like the Tenacious D song tribute. I mean, it, it went in my head. As soon as Keith said tribute, I was just like, this is a tribute. It started playing right in my head. Uh, 
Taker and Shawn Michaels was was definitely, especially for yeah. I mean that Taker is so good, and when Taker puts his hundred percent into it, I mean, and when he has this health up, Taker is so so good. But I mean, when I was, I think about being a little kid, and to me, like the greatest matches ever were like probably not. And so it's it's how do you how do you weigh these things out? Because to me, the greatest thing ever is like if you know. Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper is out there and Jake the Snake Roberts is out there and Hulk Hogan is out there and Andre Zayas is out there. I mean, Ric Flair is out there and, you know, the classics. You, you're, Orton, Edge, maybe they do. Maybe we look back and do, but I don't have enough nostalgia for that yet. And I don't like calling something the greatest ever before it happens. I just don't. I just, I think, I think if they fought again and they didn't call it that, maybe it could be. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll take a few years to to go back and look at that. And and I think you're one thing we're we're both uh, all three of us were kind of thinking. Can you imagine if this match was at WrestleMania in front of a crowd of ninety thousand people? Can you imagine the pop the crowd would have get? That would have made it in that category that we could then argue if it was the greatest or not. You know, it's the goosebumps I would have had legit even just thinking about you said the pop and legit goosebumps because that's that's what i'm missing watching it right now and that's when when keith was like what are you watching right now i was like "Mm, i kind of put it on and fold my laundry and walk around the house and feed the dogs i don't know like because it's i need the pop like when i get into characters i need the crowd chance i need the pop i need it to be like it gets like church like you know what to say you know what to do you know your chance you know what to scream and you know when that's not there it feels awkward it's like going to a high school wrestling match and you know you cheer for your boyfriend and move on yeah yeah definitely i think if they did implement the crowd we would really be talking about this this would really be something but we all three agree that in our opinion this was not the greatest match ever and i think they shouldn't have labeled it that from the beginning because um it just wasn't going to live up without a crowd and, and being in the performance center and everything like that. So anyway, Jared, yes, Keith, Jared, I got to interject real quick. Uh, Joe, just real quick, just noticing something. Uh, are you, are you a fan of Randy Orton uh, aesthetically also? Uh, are you, you know, he is an aesthetically pleasing uh, our our co-host today that is is her bae. That is her boy. She, she can't get enough Randy Orton. (laughs) Uh, but but you know what? For him, he's he's not the boy you take home, though. No, yeah. he's she would probably agree. <laughs> he is for looking at. He is for looking at, and you know, he is. What what would Mister Spock say? The uh, the wanting is better than the having. For him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- t- today, I hope you're listening to this because now you have a friend that feels exactly the same way about Randy Gordon as you do. Uh, so that was awesome uh, to hear that from you, Josie, but we got to move on to our next topic here. Um, and this is when Keith and, and I kind of went over a couple of weeks ago, impact wrestling teases the return of a former impact world heavyweight champion. So after the main event from this week's episode of impact between Hernandez and Moose for the world title, Moose was surprised to hear the entrance music of none other than Ethan Carter III, EC3, instead of his own. And the music played for about 20 seconds before fading out into Moose's music. So, Josie, was this a clear sign that EC3 is returning to Impact Wrestling for their upcoming pay-per-view Slammiversary? 
do you think that's a clear and cut? It's 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 a done deal. What do you think? I don't think that there's any other reason why you do that. Why else would you do that? Like anytime that they do that, that's always what it means. Has it ever meant anything else? But I think EC3 looks like the trash man from Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like Oscar the Grouch. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. The big trash man. I was trying to Google his name. I'm trying to get his name. Hold on. I'm looking. I just forget his name. That's why he's down here Googling because I forgot his name. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yep. She's coming up with it. Bruno the trash man. Bruno the trash man. So there you go. EC3, that's your new gimmick. You're going to be Bruno the trash man. New gimmick. (laughs) That's too good. Take notes. (laughs) So you think this is a clear and cut obvious thing here, Josie? I don't know why else you would do that. Why else would you do that? I mean, to, to mess with his head, maybe, but... Can I can I give you guys some breaking news right now? Yes, sir, you can. Professional wrestling is not a noble endeavor. It is not a dream job. There is no honor in what we do. Spray tans and baby oil and makeup to cover our blemishes. There is no honor in what we do. Colorful gear, banger theme music, catchphrases that sell you a t-shirt. There is no honor in what we do. Ratings, buy rates, what's the gain? Are we here for passion or are we here for profit? In this industry, we create these gimmicks to cover our true identity and we do what with it? We complain on social media, never confrontational, of course. We shake each other's hands only to eventually stab each other in the back. We verbatimly read a script like a mindless drone and then we laugh at our boss's jokes. Good one, boss. Even when they suck. We trade backstage information to bump up our star ratings, and we politic, 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 politic. There is no honor in what we do. Honor is in purpose. Honor is in breaking yourself down only to create your greater spirit. Honor is in a good fight. You have been warned. Whoa. So, and you guys can't see the screen, but he, uh, during that video, the last thing he threw up was the Ring of Honor logo. So who knows what is happening because I'm wondering if he's going to be a free agent that can jump between shows. If he signed with somebody, if he's doing that for a ploy, I have no clue, but that throws a new wrinkle in it. Cause that just happened. Um, that's, that's breaking as of today. So I'm confused, but in a happy way, uh, I think Bruno, the trash man could succeed in either promotion. Uh, so Thank you for that, Joe, by the way. Now I'm going to totally call him that. You can't unsee it. <laughs> you can't unsee it. Once, it, once it's there, you can't. I mean, I, I personally love the idea um, uh, of people being able to jump between these, uh, I don't want to call them indie promotions, but, you know, um, these, these separate entities that are still having a common goal, which is to get eyeballs, right? And they're not, they're not within a, 
parameters of a WWE where you have to, uh, you know, have a certain um, contract that prevents you from doing other things. I would love to see interpromotional, cross-promotional wrestling. So what do you guys think about that? I think it's a great idea. I mean, I I think it would be interesting, especially for for companies like TKNA and Ring of Honor, you know, who aren't as high up as WWE uh, to interact a little bit more, you know. And Keith, I'm so happy you brought that on because – that was new to us. We weren't expecting that. And then uh, that you said that the Ring of Honor logo was at the end. Is he is he like mind playing us? Like is he playing with our emotions here? And Keith, the question I want to ask you is this: Does if EC3 does go back to Impact Wrestling, do you think he's going to be the top dog automatically, or do you think he's going to have to work for it? Because I can see him and Moose going right at it from the start. And Keith, actually, before I before you answer that. Uh, you mentioned earlier off air that they did this a whole entire month before the Slammiversary pay-per-view. And you were saying how it's just, it's too fast. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, it's too soon. And by the way, speaking of the top dog, uh, Rocky, the luchador wonder dog wants to let, let you know that he is the top dog. Um, don't you ever forget it. But yeah, so Slammiversary, they have teased all of this ahead of time, like way too early. And they've teased it in a way that lets you know that people from, um, you know, your future endeavored WWE stars are coming. But with a month to go, are you going to keep promoting it every week? Uh, Our attention spans are not that strong as a society to have a a month-long build to people that may or may not be showing up. So I think if they had done this two weeks, in fact, last week's episode, I think I said, Jared, that it was um, Slammiversary is this next week, right? And then I went to go watch Slammiversary. It is nowhere to be found because it's in July. So I was kind of shocked about that. I can't see, um, unless they're really trying to build up for some major events, but no disrespect, uh, EC3, Eric Young, those names don't exactly set the world on fire. It's not Kurt Angle coming to um, to impact. So, And I don't mean that with, with disrespect. I just mean with a month's time to go, exactly what are you doing? Is this going to be an invasion? Uh, is this going to be an NXT-style invasion? You know, like the NWO was supposed to be, you know, that other company coming in and taking on WCW. So who's coming and what's happening? you got to give us a little more than this a month out. Now, could they have been teasing it, but maybe the talk fell through, and so he switched, or maybe he was going to sign with them, but then ROH caught wind, and then they decided they wanted him. I mean, there could have been a, a flip-flop in the background that maybe we didn't know about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, EC3 could be knowing something we don't, and uh, it's no doubt, guys, that EC3 is super talented on the mic in the ring is his character or whatnot he's super talented and the way wwe used him uh in his time in his last tenure here was absolutely awful he he fell by the wayside he turned into a jobber almost and that's not good for him um yeah it's it's it was really bad it was really bad and we go over this all the time on the show especially today and i you know we just wwe man killers they waste talent left and right it's unbelievable um but anyway guys we we kind of have to move on to our final topic of the show and you know we like to give our opinion on everything but we do have to you know talk about some breaking news as it happens during the week just like the COVID thing we talked about earlier this is some breaking news out of aew so aew's resident alien chris statlander 
has suffered a torn ACL, guys. Statlander took a dive to the outside of the ring uh, and tore it uh, as she landed. She will have surgery and be out of the ring for the foreseeable future. Now, this is AEW's second major loss to their women's division after Dr. Britt Baker tore her ACL as well just a few weeks prior. So, Keith, man, who who needs to step up in the women's division for AEW after these two huge losses? Uh, I think it has to be your girl, Penelope Ford, uh, that that she she is Randy Orton to uh, to Jared in terms of, uh, you know, that that's his that's his people. She is amazing in every way. Looks, talent, character, sass. She's got it all. In ring capability, she's got it all. Yeah, I think that she has to step up uh, right now. She that's why I think she got the title push. Um, that's why she's getting the shot. But it, it's rough right now because they're losing people left and right to injury. On an already, um, it's a small roster for the women, so they are going to have to step it up. They're going to have to probably get people from outside. Um, they didn't get Deanna Perrazzo. Um, Impact got her. And, you know, you have some people in the NWA maybe they could poach, but they really need to get some depth in that division. Yeah, Josie, um, just this past Wednesday on Dynamite, they introduced Abaddon, who was a famous indie wrestler, and she came in and she was zombified and creepy looking i'm gonna have nightmares after that but in there now that aew has these two major losses right now is their women's division the weakest in professional wrestling because of this that is a hard thing to quantify right now really because of covid i think because you don't have the crowds because you don't have the reactions and because you don't have the players and the depth and and the things to really weigh out how it's all really going. But I think that it's an opportunity for them right now to build it up regardless, because, you know, ROH did have some layoffs and WWE did have some layoffs and there's, there's people floating around out there. There's plenty of talented ladies out there that if they don't want to be accused of being the weakest in pro wrestling, now would be the time to fix it. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? I think, you know, it would be an interesting sign for AEW once, you know, they're back to normal from parenthood and everything back in shape. Mike and Maria Kanellis, they're floating around right now. They don't have a home yet. And if you add the experience factor of Maria and then, you know, Mike, another one of WWE's mishaps, wasted talents, right? That whole story crash. I, I, yep, yep, with the, the pregnancy and you're a terrible father, you're not a man kind of thing. <laughs> I hated what they did with him. I hated it. I don't even care if it was written. That was just terrible. It just made Mike look weak, which we all know he is not uh, from his former uh, wrestling companies and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'd like to see them go there. Maybe Maria can get back in shape and get back in the ring and kind of be a, a veteran influence uh, here. But I also want to see some people like Big Swole uh, in AEW kind of build up because she's in there now. Uh, and she's starting a thing with Britt Baker, a rivalry with Britt Baker, and I would like to see that play out um, a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, interesting things here happening in AEW. Lots of injuries with AEW lately, uh, not just women, uh, but men also. But, guys, it's it's that time of the week. It's time for our weekly 
trivia question here on the show. Now, this is the most interactive part of our show. And remember, if you want to answer the trivia question, you can email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com. We will give you a shout out live on the air. Now, this is an interesting thing, Keith, because we've had our our people reply and give us the answer, the correct answer. But this week, we had an interesting case. We had somebody reply to us, and they gave the incorrect answer. So here's the question from last week. Which WWE superstar won the 2006 King of the Ring tournament, defeating Bobby Lashley for the crown? Your options were A, Rey Mysterio, B, Booker T, C, Chris Benoit, or D, Finley. Now, we had a person reply named Robert Davis. He commented and said it was Chris Benoit. And I'm sorry, Robert, but that is not correct. Um, But we will have a chance to get the correct answer. Miss Radio Josie, do you want to answer this week's trivia question? You can choose between A, Rey Mysterio, B, Booker T, or D, Finley. You have three choices. Go ahead and good luck. I... be taking a guess for 2006 because at that time i was in the middle of starting a new career and moving and didn't have a tv (laughs) (laughs) well you know what josie you could be like robert and just take a wild guess at it i'll just say uh booker t josie you got it right you answered correctly you got the trivia question (laughs) correct it was booker t who defeated bobby lashley uh for the king of the ring crown and that's when his whole king booker reign started and we all know how that went good lordy i hated that man uh but anyway congratulations josie you got it right uh but you know what guys we have to go to this week's question and again email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com Pretty chance to get shout out live on the air, you know, whether it's wrong or it's right. Uh, in this case, it was wrong, but we still gave Robert a shout out. Anyway, this week's question is, what was the name of the iconic tag team duo of Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage? Was it A, the Immortals, B, the Macho Maniacs, C, the American Heroes, or deed the mega powers again email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com so you can get a shout out live on the air right here with us uh keith and i maybe today when she comes back we'll have to see if it involves randy orton we'll definitely know she'll be here for that but anyway guys before we end the show this week radio josie can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what you'd like to promote we'd like to give our viewers and our listeners uh, an insight on what you're doing right now so go ahead and tell us a little bit about that Yes, you can find me on just about every social media at Radio Josie, all one word, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. And I also co-host Be More Geek Girls podcast, and I host twice a week the comic book show from Corner... uh, from Collector's Corner, uh, headquarters in Parkville, and that's at Collector's Corner to follow their show and find them on Facebook. And I will be doing that actually tonight at eight o'clock. So it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, seven to eight. Yeah. It ends at eight. I'm already home in my mind. I'm already done. So yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, seven to eight for collector's corner and then be more geek girls and everywhere else on social media at radio Josie, where I'm harassing people like Drew McIntyre and William Shatner regularly on twitter 
<laughs> that, that's great. Well, you know what? Drew, Drew can't complain because he won the WWE title because of you. So, Radio Jersey, we really appreciate you coming on today with us, man. Keith, Keith is a friend of yours, and it was awesome to see you guys interact before we came on air. So, Keith, thank you for introducing me to this lovely, lovely lady. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and anyway, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Mixed Tag. If you want, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns you might have. Uh, once again, I'm Jared Watson, alongside the Wrestling Encyclopedia himself, Keith White, and Radio Josie. Guys, we thank you for listening. We're out.